Hey everybody, you're listening to the Poema Church Podcast. Today we're sharing a message from our latest series. We believe the Word of God in Scripture is powerful and has real-life application to our lives today. We hope this message encourages you. Get connected and learn more about us by visiting our website, poemachurch.ca. Thank you to Pastor Matt for allowing me to be here today. And I didn't know if this tradition was broken yet or not. Sometimes with new leadership, things change. But today we're here. We're blessed to be here. I just got back from Virginia, by the way. I was in Virginia all week in Williamsburg, holidaying. And uh, we have some family there that pastor. So we were with them till Friday. Good to have my youngest daughter with me. And she doesn't get to come too many times with me, so it's good. I've had three of my four daughters here. I did, I did, I almost pulled it out before you left, but I didn't quite. The lady dies with me. I'm going to share a message today. We're going to get right into scripture. Thank you for those of you tuned in on KITV and online and what other other social means, media means you may be tuning in from. I've entitled my message, Over the Top. Everybody say, Over the Top. This is a uh, a passage that I'm sure you'll have uh, heard before out of 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1 through 8. And I'm going to be reading it from the uh, New American Standard Version. It says this, David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it. and had taken captive the women and all who were in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men went to Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire, and so their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud till they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in their spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord, his God. Then David said to Abiathar, the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring the ephod. Abiathar brought it to him. And so there's so many things happening in this, in this scripture. And I want to talk about some of the things. And when we see that when the people are together, it says that, there were so many of them that struggled. How many, how many know there's many people out there that are struggling? They're going through sickness, they're going through poverty, they're going through different needs in their life. And we need to make sure that we're there for people when they struggle. I mean, the people, people don't need you when everything's good. They need you the most when they're going through a crisis. And one of the things the church needs to make sure they're there for is that she's there for people in the good, the bad, and the ugly. I, I always tell people, Pastor Rachel, people, you don't, you don't need the anointing when you're flying high. You need the anointing when you're at your lowest point. Because, because that's when we need God, because we know that we hit a weak, we get a hit place of weakness, and when we get at our lowest, how many know he's at his best? And so, there's so many people, and some, some people, they, they don't want to be healed, because if they got healed, then they wouldn't have anything to talk about. Yes. 
Come on. They didn't have nothing to complain about because, because, but, but David, we get to this point, Israel's promised king, he faces the real possibility of losing his family, not only his family, but his life. It says that these guys got so out of control that they wanted to stone David. How many have ever felt like people wanted to stone you before? Come on, come on, wave at me. Let me know you're awake this morning. We've all, we've all been there. Not everybody loves us at all the time. Verse 7, returning to his men, David asked Abiathar, his priest, bring the ephod, a vest worn by the priest, the Urim and the thumb. The disgruntled but curious men start surrounding David and Abiathar because they knew that the answers that they had would be caught in these two precious stones. Now, those stones were called the Urim and the Thummim. And those were stones that they would go and they would, they would bring together. And back in those days, that's, that's where they gathered and they, they got the answers. And, and when they got those answers from the precious stones, it would determine what kind of hope they would have when they, and what they got back when they had, been, had stolen from them. How many people have ever had something stolen from you? How many people you've been believing for to get it back? You know, sometimes we say, well, we're believing for restoration. Well, that word restoration means to get back greater than what you already had. The, the scripture says that his mercies are new every morning. Now, if his mercies are new every morning, why are you missing what you had when God has even better than what you had? Come on, I'm preaching better than you're shouting today in Jesus' name. God has greater than what you had. People have come and they stole from you. They've taken things from you. And you know, and it's not easy. And David feels that so many of them are against him. And they're coming and they're, and they're saying, we want this. And, and the women, they went through this and they faced all these things. But in many ways, we're like David. David was anointed. Someone say, I'm anointed. See, David was anointed. We're anointed. He was a man of valor. We're people of valor. Uh, uh, his best years was, uh, were ahead of him. How many know your best years are ahead of you in Jesus' name? Come on. I'm prophesying over you today. He was plundered by the enemy. How many have been plundered by the enemy? You've, been, you've got, it's like, uh, oh, come on. I don't need to say anything. Sometimes you know what I'm talking about. That word plundered means this. Anytime that you've experienced a financial loss, a premature death of a loved one, an illness, a nagging sense of failure, if you've experienced those, then you have been plundered. I don't know about you, but that's not the definition I want to wake up to every morning. But you and I have woken up to those definitions. Some Christians haven't even made up their mind whether or not God wants a miracle for them. They're trying to figure out, well, I, I just need a miracle. But truly down in the heart, they don't know if they believe in a miracle. And they're trying to argue. They're trying to find some other way to prove that, that God will come through or it's not God's will to prosper them or God's will to help them. And when you get plundered, when you go through so much, how many know sometimes you feel just like giving up? You've been there before, shout been there. Most of us have been there. And David gets to this point. And so I want to share three quick points for us today in this scripture. It's pursue, overtake, and recover all. 
Number one is pursue. The proof of the desire is in the pursuit. Now, when, when you fell in love with this lovely lady, you didn't, you didn't just sit back and say, okay, well, she's going to come to me. All this. But you, you probably pursued her, didn't you? You flew to Vancouver. Come on, how many times? Okay, so you, you pursued her. You were out here. She was out there. But you thought, hey, there's something about this woman I want to pursue. Now, in my case, my wife pursued me. Glory be to God. Come on, you got to watch these women sometimes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but you pursue the proof of the desires in the pursuit. So, obviously, you felt there was a reason why you needed to fly to Vancouver. And then here we are, uh, how many years later? 28? 27 years later. Uh, but... But we need to pursue God in every area of our life. Some people say, well, I'm going to pursue him in this area. I'm going to pursue him in that area. But they don't pursue him in every area. Some people say things like this. Well, I want my stuff back. But they don't. They say, I wish I could be well. But they don't want to be well. I wish I had more joy. I wish I could pay my bills. I wish I could get rid of this pain in my neck, in my body. But if you want any of these things... I'm telling you, you're going to have to pursue him. They don't just fall from heaven. Some, some, some of the bad teaching in the churches today, oh, the blessings are just going to fall from heaven. No, if you look at the scripture, Deuteronomy 30 says, I'm going to do this. I'll pour out, I'll, I'll restore your lands, I'll, I'll bless you, you're blessing the city, blessing the field. But it says, if you do this, these things will happen. So there's conditions that God lays out. So if you pursue him, things will come into place in your life. Did I say things will come into perfect place? No, I didn't. I said things will come into place through your life and you can pursue. You see, the, the word of God can operate. I'm into, this, I'm into all this military stuff now being in Virginia. The word of God can operate as your per, patriot missile, but it can also serve as your laser, guard, your laser guided smart bomb. The word of God will accomplish that which it pleases, says in Isaiah 55, 11. So if you pursue him, how many know things are going to happen for you? See, the, the great thing about it is, is he was pursuing you way before you pursued him. I remember many years ago, you guys would know, not, not her generation, but, or not my daughter's generation, but we grew up with a group called Delirious. And they... And they, they kept singing this song. They sang this song, I found Jesus. But the truth is, he found us. And we have to pursue him. It's the same with his word. The, the word of God says, I sent it out, and it, what, what does it do? It produces fruit. It will accomplish that which you need it to accomplish, and it will prosper everywhere you send it. That's why when you're pursuing him, you need to get the word of God in action and begin to confess the word of God over those situations in Jesus' name. Not a, confess your opinion, not confess what you feel like, but you confess the word of God, and then as you pursue him, because you're pursuing the word, because in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, because he is the word, and you're pursuing him, the word of God is in action and making things happen on your behalf. Woo! It's time to learn how to utilize the word of God and fight principalities and powers because God has commanded us to do this. Have you ever been in a place before where you say things like this? Well, I can't feel God. 
God's not doing anything in my life. I can't see God. I wonder if there is a God. Do you know where he is? If you ever feel like that, he's probably just stepped back a little to see if you'll pursue him a little bit more. We say, well, we want the glory of God. If he showed us his true glory, we'd never be able to handle it. So he gives us a little bit. And he shows us a little bit more of himself. And a little bit more of himself. And a little bit more of himself. So that we'll pursue him. I'll tell you, when you're hungry, you find that food no matter where you are. If you're camping, you just go fishing and get some food. <laughs> you do what you have to do. Pastor Dave probably has some canned beans or something ready to cook on the, on the fire. But all God did in this situation was he, he withdrew himself a little bit to see if these people were going to pursue him a little bit more. And you have to pursue him if you really want him. Everybody shout pursue. pursue. Number two is this. If we're going to be people that are going to go after him, we're going to have to learn to overtake. That word overtake means to pass by or to exceed. Now, how do you pass by or exceed that which the enemy is trying to do to you? How do you do it? You fight him with the word of God. The devil shoots scuds, but we have patriot missiles. The word of God, he acts, he acts over, over us in these, in these ways and and we get the word of God working on our behalf as we overtake. How many know that sometimes things be in front of you seem so huge that it's overwhelming, not overtaking? You need to overtake and not be overwhelmed. There's so many times in my life I'm just like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. And you can get overwhelmed very easily if you don't have an attack attitude. You know, we need to be on, not only on the defensive, but on the offensive. When we see the enemy coming after us in situations, we need to attack him and be ahead of him in Jesus' name. You know, I, I watched, I watched uh, Maverick for the fifth time last night. It's like I'm addicted or something. We went twice when we were in Australia a couple of weeks ago. We went in Florida. We went in Calgary. We went last night in Toronto. And, and it's like they had a plan. And they knew that if they didn't execute the plan and fly under the radar, come on, then the plan was not going to work. And I'm telling you, God's given us the plan, the word of God, to help overtake situations. And we need to be equipped. We need to be on the offensive and get the plan going before the enemy gets his going. Because it said that once they, once they came up that mountain, once they went into Coffin Corner, that's when the missiles were going to hit, right? I got this movie down. I mean, dude, I, the only other movie I've watched so much is Greatest Showman. I've watched it 23 times. But, but, but anyways, this one, I, I, love, I, love in the, I love in the movie when they're, when they're talking about overtaking the enemy and, and attacking and, and how they're going to put the plan together. And one of the things about the body of Christ is we need to get a plan and stick to it and go with it. That's why if you're in this church, you need to come under the vision of the leaders of this church and say, hey, we're following the vision God's given you. We're following the plan that God has allowed you to lead us as leaders. Because sometimes you've got to understand, your leaders see things on the top of the mountain that sometimes you don't see. 
So Tom Cruise, Maverick, he's teaching the course. And he's, he's at the point where he's never done it before. But in his head, I, I love when he goes in with that, that booklet. And he says, how many know the book? And then he throws it in the trash. He said, you know this book? Well, your enemy also knows it. Well, I'll tell you, we have a book to go by. Glory be to God. And your enemy doesn't know it in Jesus' name. So we need to take advantage and overtake things through the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. And then I love when he says, I think it's three times during the movie. And if we're going to be prophetic people and overtake the enemy, we need to learn how to be ahead of his steps. And one of the quotes that he said so many times was, don't think, just do. Now, if you're going to be a prophetic person, you need to learn to not think and just do. Because that's the way you're going to stay in front of the enemy. Greg Gill preached on a movie. Wow, that's never, that is, that is, a, that is a miracle. Wow. You've never heard me do anything like that. You're probably saying, wow, this guy's getting really into it. But we need to overtake. Somebody shout overtake. overtake. See, you need to overtake and not be overwhelmed. Because circumstances in life are so overwhelming all the time. Well, we've got to go through this. We've got to pay this bill. I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know how we're going to do that. We've been, we, we took a step of faith a few months ago. We sold our house. We sold our vehicles. Sold everything and said, God, we're all in. We're just going for it. Then all of a sudden, we had no place to live. And we were like gypsies. And so, so since May 25th, with the exception of five days, we've been on the road, living in hotels, just going all over the world. We've been to Trinidad, we've been to Australia, we've been to Costa Rica, we're going to Dubai in two weeks. And, uh, and so we're just out preaching the gospel because we decided we're just going to go for it. In April 1st, my very best friend in the world was killed in a car accident in San Antonio, Texas. And when he was killed, we just looked at each other and we said, we think we need to make everything count, every day count. We can talk about going on the road. We've talked about going on the road together for years. But we said, you know what? And then Lady Di ran out of holidays. She had already used her four weeks. And she said, how are we going to do it? How am I going to go to Trinidad? How am I going to go to Australia? I said, go ask for leave. And she did, and with one day it was approved. Of course it was approved. She's not getting paid, so they approved her. But, but within one day, that leave was approved. And so since May 25th, we've just been out doing the work of the ministry, traveling and taking the gospel of the kingdom all over the, all, all over the nations of the world. Because we said, we got to make it count. And if you're going to get in a place of pursuing and overtaking and recover all, you got to decide that you're going to make it count. You don't have to do what we've done, but in your own way, you got to make it count. Everybody shout, my life needs to count. Look at verse number 18. Recover all. Say recover all. David recovered everything. Shout everything. That the Amalekites had taken. Including his two wives. Nothing was missing, young or old. Plunder or anything else they had taken. David brought everything back. He took all the flocks and herds. And his men drove them ahead of the other livestock. Saying this is David's plunder. Now listen to what it says. If we're going to recover all, 
Uh, how many again said the enemies tried to take stuff from you before? Listen to what the scripture says in Proverbs 6.31. If he is caught, he will be fined seven times as much as he stole, even if it means selling everything in his house to pay it back. So if you feel the enemy's taking things from you in Jesus' name, you need to start calling in seven times greater in Jesus' name. You say, I'm going to live seven times greater. I'm going to believe it. You know what? I love the number seven. My phone number is 777-0777. Yes, it is. Is that the truth? Yes, it is. My wife says 777. Mine, mine's zero because it reminds me I'm human. Hers is 777-3777. Hers is the Trinity because she's holy. And, and so... So, but, but there's something about it because seven is the number of completion. And so therefore, you need to understand that if you've lost things, they're gone and let them go because God has greater for you in Jesus' name because eight is the number of new beginnings. So as you step into that greater thing and step into that new place, you say, I'm gonna step into the new beginnings of God. I'm gonna step into the greater things that he has. And so I'm gonna do it. You know, for a long time, we've walked with this couple. And we know as they're getting ready to walk through the transition, we were walking through and, and they were sharing what was happening and things they saw coming. And we still believe, Pastor Rachel, that the greatest days for this house are ahead of us. And thank God you had a leader that saw it. Because he knew, what, he knew when it was time to transition. And good leaders always know when it's time to move forward. And I believe for you and Pastor Matt that your greatest days are ahead of you. For your team in this house, your greatest days are ahead of you. And I prophesy that in this place, you shall see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Where there hasn't been breakthrough, you guys shall see breakthrough in Jesus' name. Where there hasn't been issues where they couldn't reach through, you guys are gonna break through in Jesus' name. When I was here today, the Lord said, go in and just prophesy over, over the, the uh, pastors, breakthrough is coming in Jesus' name. Because many things have tried to break loops in here. But I'm prophesying things are about to break through in Jesus' name. And then after they break through, they're gonna break out, glory be to God. Don't get me going, I'll, get, I'll keep going forever. But you're coming out of the recovery room, listen, fully covered by God himself. Hallelujah, that should get you running around this place in Jesus' name. You're no longer in recovery. We're singing, I'm, I'm, so long, I'm no longer a slave, uh, slave to fear. I am a child of God. Listen, you're not needing to go to recovery anymore in Jesus' name. You need to just start recovering in Jesus' name. You're going from recovery into recovering. You're recovering all, shout recover all. You no longer need to be held back, but it's time to possess that which is rightfully yours in Jesus' name. Deuteronomy 26, when you arrive in the land your God has given you as a special possession, and you have conquered it and settled it there. Hallelujah. Come on, today in Jesus' name, you need to say, I'm settling it here once and for all. I believe that I'm greater than the enemy. I believe that God has greater things for me, and I'm gonna see great things you see, that word possess means this. It means to inherit. It's also a war term, which means to drive out the previous tenant. 
Woo, glory be to God. You need to let the enemy know his time is done in Jesus' name. And greater is Jesus in you than Satan in the world will ever be. John 10, 10, but the enemy comes and steals and kills and destroys, but I have come to give you life and give you life to the fullest. And I'll tell you, sometimes there's some things that need to be driven out of your life. Maybe it's people, maybe it's situations, maybe it's, I don't know what it is, but you need to drive those out in Jesus' name and trust that he has greater for you. Somebody shout greater. See, by possessing that land, you're taking back, which is rightfully yours, and things that belong to you. There's something about inheritance. Woo! What does it do? It puts you on the map. It establishes things. And in Jesus' name, you need to say, I'm taking back my inheritance today. I'm taking that which God gave me in Jesus' name. And I'm going to do what he promised that he would do. I think my retainer just fell out of my mouth. I'll have no teeth in a minute. When you possess the land, <laughs> there it is. Just wash it if you could. When you possess the land, you go into battle. And everyone knows this that the winner gets to keep the spoils. See, once you're in the heat of the battle, there's no such thing as negotiation except for an unconditional surrender. And God is saying to you today, are you ready to surrender? Because if you surrender and you say, I'm gonna pursue you, I'm gonna overtake, I'm gonna recover all, then you will be the winner of the war because at the end, the winner takes all. And that's what God has for you. Everybody shout, pursue, pursue. overtake, overtake, and recover all. I want you to stand to your feet if you would, please. Can I have some water, please? And I'd like you to lift your hands. Uh, worship team, you can come if you would. I'd like you to lift your hands all across this place. And I'd like you to just let the Lord know if, if that's in your heart, if you want to pursue him, if you want to overtake, if you want to recover all, and you're just saying... I want to step into my inheritance. I want, I want to take back which is rightfully mine. See, the Bible says when a father and mother pass away, they leave an inheritance to their children. And tell, then the children's children. There's a song Carrie Job and Cody Carnes wrote many years, just a year or two ago, called The Blessing. And it says to your children, and their children, and their children, and their children. And it goes all the way down through. See, I'm not just going around the world just to preach to make me feel good and make me feel popular. I'm doing it because I want to lay a foundation for my kids. I want them to see that their dad did something for God. You know, my kids, my kids and my wife have had to share me a lot. Because when you say yes, you don't know where God's going to take you. Many years ago, Shannon, I was on a retreat preaching in San Antonio, Texas. I started singing that hill song, Jesus, I believe in you. And I would go to the ends of the earth. 
And big crocodile tears started running down my face. This was in 2004. I was still pastoring at the time. But I heard him speak and say, you're going. If you'll go, I'll send. I've been on 87 missions trips now around the world. And not one have I paid on my own. People have always sowed and people have always given. And you know what? Every time I've come to this church, new song is sowed. It's been a blessing in my life. And I want to say thank you from us. Because you've helped us go on some of those missions. I remember when we were meeting in that building even. Pastor Shan, next door in that little hallway. Pastor Dave pulled me aside. He said, I want to help support you. I want to help you send on missions. I want to help invest in you. I remember him sitting me down. I could even show you the spot if the chairs were still in there. And for all these years, 14 years, I've been on the road full time. Not one church monthly supporting us. But only God making a way. But this church has always supported us. And I want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Because we've been able to do some things because you guys have helped us and loved on us. And you believe in us, yeah. So always let this be a place of generosity. And I know your hearts, yours and Pastor Matt's are generous hearts, but you'll never go without if you keep being generous. And that's part of our inheritance. Thanks for listening. To hear more, subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on our website, poemachurch.ca.